Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. And today, I'm talking to you about rediscovering passion, reigniting the spark in long-term relationships. Uh, In this uh, talk I'm giving right here to you, uh, I'll be talking about a few things. I'll take a few notes here. Um, I'm going to be talking to you about how we weren't trained to have a long, hot marriage, and yet it's totally possible. We're going to talk about the importance of devoting time and attention to this process of reigniting passion. We're, we're going to talk about uh, how it happens, how oftentimes actions precede feelings. We're going to talk about how we have differences, different sexual accelerators and breaks. And uh, we're going to talk about being playful. And we're going to talk about taking chances. That's kind of what I'm going to be talking about in a nutshell. So let me get into it. Uh, I wrote a book, came out in 2008, called The Long Hot Marriage. And that, that little book is, is uh, still selling. And I, I think it's as relevant today as it was 15 years ago. And you know, one of the things that I talk about in that book is how um, we, we haven't been trained to have long, hot marriages. I mean, most of us don't have ancestors, parents, grandparents that really had long, hot marriages. Now, what do I mean by hot? I mean alive. I do mean passionate. I mean sexual, but not just sexual. Uh, there's an energy. There's, um, there's a kind of thing where your eyes light up when you see each other. That doesn't mean Couples that fit this category of passionate, that they don't have problems or conflicts or challenges, or they don't have good bad days as well as good days, but that there's a certain quality to them. They're alive together. So we weren't trained because our parents, it was really, they were in reactivity. They were in survival mode a lot. Um, they didn't know any better. They didn't know how to connect in pain, which I'm not going to get into all that, but honestly, we, we do need to become... You know what? I, I will get into it right now. I changed my mind. We, you know, one of the qualities of having a long, hot marriage or a passionate, alive marriage or one that has a spark or committed relationship doesn't have to be marriage is when you can be tuned into each other. You have the emotional muscles to stay present with each other, with each other through pain. And that in and of itself, since it's such an important thing that I left out in my original notes, uh, parents and grandparents didn't do that. If they were angry, they fight. They would fight a flight. And that's what we do. That has to be worked on, so that we could have a passionate relationship. We need, we all have pain, conflict, frustration. If we don't have a way to stay tuned in and tuned and present to the other person when when they're in pain, we don't get to that heavenly place. When we're not, we can't be partners in our hell. We can't talk to be partners in our heaven. So that is an important thing that we haven't learned. Among other things that we didn't learn from our parents, like 
they didn't uh when it came to interpersonal relationships people were comfortable they did what was comfortable for them well that doesn't work so we 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 need to get out of our comfort zones not always but pretty consistently to have a, a relationship that has passion so anyway don't be hard on yourselves if you're not doing that it just means that we didn't have training as i've said in my book many years ago and all, since then is that if i want to be a doctor i go to med school if i want to do what i'm doing here I, i've been to grad school and go to workshops conferences i've been i've been i've taught others that's how they learn uh, i'm also a learner uh, I'm, I'm learning golf I'm, i have a lesson on thursday because i need the help well who trains us to be a passionate alive partner in a relationship with another passionate alive partner our parents were in trouble so we need to appreciate that and and be willing to learn the other thing about is the importance of uh, devoting some time and attention to this process you know anything that we want to flourish we need to give attention even if we get a plant we gotta nurture it we gotta give them water and sunlight gotta understand what its needs are and so it's the same in our relationship we do need to devote time and the good news it doesn't take lots of time it doesn't take like hours and hours and hours you know to a day to have a passionate relationship it could take minutes sometimes you could do hours of course but it could take minutes and so it is important to to um to to have time to set aside time and attention to our connection the other thing i want to mention is that you know when we first get together we're motivated by our feelings and by our neurochemistry we are um, it's almost like we don't have a choice in the matter. When we find somebody that we're really attracted to, we just want to spend time. We could talk for hours. We set up dates. We give attention. And it is totally motivated by feelings. We get committed. Some of us have children. And we get pretty busy. And then we have maybe some frustrations with each other. So... What oftentimes happens is, uh, for many of us, we're, we're oftentimes not automatically in the mood to connect, to touch, to be romantic, to be playful. We're not in the mood because oftentimes we're stressed or we're weighed down or we've gotten out of the habit of doing this with our partner. And so if we wait to feel like it, if we wait to be in the mood, like a man that I listened to speak once said, if you wait to be, if I, if my wife waited to be in the mood to have sex with me, we'd have sex every February 29th. So that was a funny line. But it's, only, it's not only about sex. It's about many things. We can't wait to be in the mood. We have to set an intention. We're going to connect. We're going to get out of our task-oriented ways. I work with a lot of couples that oftentimes have young children, but even those that have older children, doesn't matter. And, and some that don't have any children, they're just bogged down by work and other things, and they have lost their way as, a, as an intimate, passionate couple. And 
we, we just can't wait to be in the mood. We need to have that intention. Let's just do this, whether we feel like it or not. Let's spend some time together. I worked with a man yesterday. He says, I'm just not touchy-feely, and my wife would love for me to be more touchy-feely. I gave him the exercise of doing what's called a sensate focus exercise, where he gets to touch his wife for five minutes with a caress, not a massage, not a clinical thing, but five minutes, and to notice as he's doing that five minutes of touching, his hands, he uses his lips, his lip, his tongue, but mainly his hands probably. And as he does that, he, he needs to focus on what it feels like to touch his wife's skin in these different areas. And I'm not even having him do the genital areas for this first week just to get in the habit of touching, which they've lost. Now, as a couple, they've lost their way. And she is supposed to totally tune in to how it feels to be touched in that way. And then after five minutes, they switch. She becomes the toucher. He becomes a touchy. And both of them, at all times, are paying attention to how it feels, whether they're the toucher or the touchy. So then what happens, and I see this all the time, is as people start to do the behaviors as if they wanted to, things get aroused. Feelings happen. The dopamine neurotransmitter gets triggered. It starts to feel good. It's the beginning of a new habit. You can't wait to be in the mood. Feelings often follow actions, and it's not the other way around. Sometimes it is. That's great. But don't depend on that. Don't depend on that. And don't judge you if you go, I just, like I've had people say, I love my partner, but I've fallen out of love. I'm not in love. And I go, big deal. You've been practicing acting like roommates for a long time. Let's practice something else and then see what happens. I'm not saying that it will come back, but it oftentimes does. Oftentimes does. The other thing I want to talk about is that we are different, and we have different, um, uh, as Emily Nagoski talks about in her book, uh, Come As You Are, excellent book on how to reclaim sexuality. It's, it's focused for the women, but I recommend it for men and women, and, um, and everybody, for that matter, of any gender, and she's very, very um, embraces diversity. Uh, and she talks about ex sexual accelerators and sexual breaks, those things that get us going sexually, those things that make us stop. And we have different accelerators and different breaks. Some people have high sexual accelerators and low sexual breaks. These people got to reel it in. They, they might be the ones that could um, use sex as a way of regulating, uh, like in an addiction kind of thing. Um, there are those that have high sexual breaks and low sexual accelerators. We've got to find out what those breaks are so that we can work around those things. And there's those that have high, low, low, high, that we're all different. Then we want to learn. We want to learn about each other and ourselves. What turns me on? What turns me, uh, what gets me shut down? Um, so no matter how long you've been together, I've worked with people that are together for decades that oftentimes they, there's things they know about each other, but there's lots of things they don't, especially in the area of intimacy and rekindling passion and what it takes. What's the right key to unlock your lock? What's the, where's the portal, your sexual portal? 
or your aliveness portal. Again, I don't want to just say sex because it's more about also the energy, which we'll get to in a minute. So again, viva la difference. We're different. Celebrate the differences and be interested in each other. Don't think that your partner should be like you. Of course, I talk a lot when I work with heterosexual couples where oftentimes men are more visually stimulated and they don't understand that women need to be kinesthetically stimulated. They need to feel close to us. That's their sexual accelerator. So women need to understand what accelerates the men in these cases, the men, the women. It's not always that way. It's not, but oftentimes there is a propensity for men to be accelerated, to have arousal just by visual cues. And for women, that's not enough. And that's just fine. That's just what we have to understand. What's the truth? Let's discover it. Like I said, viva la difference. Okay, the next thing I want to mention is playfulness. A lot of couples have stopped being playful. Maybe they weren't playful when they were younger. I have a couple I saw yesterday where uh, she never was allowed to be playful. So I, um, we're talking about being playful with our partner and using the relationship as an opportunity to be, to be more playful. And sometimes for some people, playfulness isn't easy. It's not comfortable. They say, it's not my nature. I'm quoting her. And I go, I don't care. And the truth of the matter, it is your nature. You just forgot. Think you weren't playful when you were one, two, three years old? We're all naturally playful until, you know, it might be squashed out of us. Or you might be playful and you get into a relationship and you're playful as a, as a couple. But then, you, you know, because of situations that, home and work, that you stop being playful. You become very centered on getting things done. You're in survival mode. we got to devote some time and attention to getting out of survival mode and being playful. And you know, some of the things we talked about is asking your partner to dance, uh, skipping down the street. That might feel weird. Good. Like I said earlier, sometimes you got to do the action, the feelings will follow. You want to, you want to, Experience your playfulness. Act playful before you're in the mood because you might have lost the habit of being in the mood. Sometimes for years, sometimes for decades, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You practice being playful. Your, your playful nature will, will resurrect itself. That is part of your nature, whether you're, you remember that or not. And the last thing I want to talk about is taking chances, taking risks, being open. We need to try new things in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. Go to new places. Go to a different restaurant. Hike a different trail. Try a new sexual position. Share something that turns you on that you never shared before with your partner of 10, 20, 30, or 40 years. Ask yourself some questions. What is it that I don't pay attention to that I want, that maybe I've wanted but didn't give it enough attention? What might that be? Be open to newness in yourself. And of course, be open to the newness in your partner and then do things new as a couple. There's nothing in life that we're successful at without taking some chances. 
I'm learning golf. Every time I get out on the golf course, I'm taking a chance. I don't know how I'm going to hit the ball. Well, not so well. Oftentimes it is not so well. I learn from it, try something, you know, and I try something new. Try something new. Then that's when it works. And um, careers, successful careers, we have to take risks. We got to sometimes stand out. We got to be willing to fail to succeed. We got to be willing to expose ourselves with our partner. We're not, you know, without being sure what our partner's reaction will be, but we take a chance. So if you do all these things, this might be a talk you listen to more than once. You start to give yourself permission to do the things and say the things and eventually feel the things that make you feel like, wow, we do have a spark. There is an aliveness. There's an energy with us, between us. All those things matter that I just talked about. So I wish you the best in having that long, hot marriage to have to, to, to discover or rediscover that spark. And uh, I wish you the best. Thanks for listening. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.